Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Hometown Ghost Stories Horror Movie Reviews. As always, I am your handsome host, Rob. Alongside me, I have Dave. Also handsome. Thank you. Thank you for the intro. And Jesse as well. Handsome Jesse is in the building. We are handsome AF tonight, and we are going to be talking to you about the movie Orphan First Kill, a movie that, frankly, I didn't know was even being made until it was starting to get hyped for the release, and I'm actually pretty glad we watched this movie. So, Dave, do you want to hit us with the synopsis? synopsis? (laughs) I do. Before we do that, uh, Jesse usually warns us all that this will be a spoiler-filled review, and he didn't today, so he was ready to blindside you all. Yeah, so spoiler-filled review, but you should also watch the original movie first. Yeah, so we're not only going to spoil this movie, but we're going to spoil the original Orphan movie. Uh, so if you hadn't seen that one, hit pause on this. Go watch your go watch your movies. Watch Orphan and watch Orphan First Kill. They are worth the watch. It's not like last time when we told you to watch Choose or Die, and then we felt <laughs> bad for telling you to do that because it was a bad movie. Uh, these movies are good enough to watch them, um, but they will be filled with spoilers. I was listening back to that episode because I always want to hear like the audio levels and stuff, and we were talking about, like, you should go watch this movie first, and I was like, oh, that, uh, How could we do that to our that. fans and friends? <clears throat> How did we do that to people? It was so bad, but uh, yeah. Uh, why don't you go ahead and get get the uh, synopsis going, Dave. Yes. So Orphan First Kill was written by David Coggeshall and directed by William Brent Bell. After orchestrating a brilliant escape from an Estonian psychiatric facility. Was it brilliant? Was it a brilliant escape? We can we can get there. Right. We'll 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 cover it. After a questionably brilliant escape from an Estonian psychiatric facility Esther travels to America by impersonating the missing daughter of a wealthy family. So since you brought it up, that opening scene reminded me a lot of the malignant opening scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I'll leave that because Rob and I probably won't agree on it. Although I think it fit better for the malignant movie than it did for this one. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So I was positive I was going to hate this movie for a lot of reasons. Uh, number one, it was a prequel to a movie that was filmed 13 years ago and was supposed to take place three years prior to that. And Isabel Furman, who was nine years old at the time of the first movie, uh, is now playing a character three years younger while being 13 years older. So I didn't think that was going to work. Um, Let's insert and- some of those like math equation gifts right now because there's a lot of numbers being thrown around. Well, she was a nine-year-old, you know, she was a nine-year-old playing a nine-year-old, and now she's a 21-year-old playing a, you know, a young, you know. You know she, was, she was a nine-year-old playing a 27-year-old playing a nine-year-old. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, and a, a role that she crushed in the first movie, in my opinion. She did, yeah. Um, so knowing, and then knowing what happened in the first movie, I thought it was going to be hard to shock me without undoing the events in the original story. I thought that they were going to go into this movie and just tell us a story that we already knew and we're just going to get a slasher um, that we kind of knew how it was going to unfold. Um, I'll tell you, I had a half a page of notes, uh, you know, after watching the first half of this movie of just things that I didn't like. And I just deleted the whole page (laughs) once I got out of the movie when we got that twist. So um, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought that they did a great job with this prequel. 
Um, and Rob, I'm definitely interested to hear your thoughts on this because I know you are not an origin story guy. You're not a prequel guy when it comes to horror movies. So your your take, I think, should be interesting. Yeah, generally, I do not like the prequel because you know where everything's going. So like even with this movie, you know what's going to happen once it's done. It kind of kills the suspense a little bit because it's like if it's a prequel and we know what the following movie is, there's there's no danger, right? Like right. for that for that particular character. So the danger's not there. I will say I had a lot of fun watching this movie though. This movie was a ton of fun. Um, but let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the escape. And that's the scene that bothered me the most, honestly, out of the entire movie is she orchestrates this escape that literally each step, something doesn't make sense as it's going on. It starts with, you know, the guard coming in and her immediately killing him by smashing his head off the wall. Just very, I don't know, just that's not the way that would happen in my mind. You're going to put up some resistance as soon as your head's grabbed. Like, right. You're talking and, about somebody who's supposed to be, she doesn't have supernatural strength. Right. She granted she looks like a little kid, but she's 33 years old, whatever. Um, but you know, it's a very small, petite, person overpowering right. even, a even if i took guy. your head and smashed it against the wall from like that trajectory and stuff like it's gonna hurt you but it's not gonna i don't think it's gonna put you out off the first one right you're gonna you're gonna defend yourself right afterwards would be my with my thought so like that right. starts there and then it goes to she needs the key card and as somebody that works in like a very secure building that needs key cards and fingerprints and stuff, that building would be way more secure. There's a spot where she opens a door and a guy wheeling a patient just walks through the open door and he and he doesn't have to tap his badge to get in. And he's not sitting there like, why is this door open? It shouldn't be open like this. And, you know, like just little, I, I guess it's like little stuff. And again, it could be because I particularly work in a building with that type of security. So I'm just watching. And when you do something, it's like you watching someone paint when they, when you're watching a movie, right? right. Like you're gonna be like, all right, well, that's stupid. He would never do it this way because blah, 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 blah. And it's like so nitpicky to you that it's probably just real nitpicky to me. But like the escape was stupid. And I will then say the with, movie that, with that double door situation where they opened it and she kind of hid behind the door, two things. Number one is I think in hospitals in particular, which this probably lines up more with a hospital than it does with your building. In a way, it is a hospital, right? Psych psychiatric hospital, whatever. Obviously more secure because you're dealing with violent patients. But um, a lot of times the, the nurses will hit that button for you if they see you coming with a wheelchair. And I've, I've seen that happen. I've been wheeled around the hospital before and I've seen that the, the nurses at the nurse station will see someone coming and they'll just hit the button for them and it opens the door for them. Not when you have a security. So we're getting real. Right, right. Here, so, so again, well, when, you have, a, when you have the security badge, the whole purpose of that is they need to track you throughout the building. So like you are supposed to be touching that badge every door you go through so that they can be like, this person is here. But this and is even, Russia. Well, now. still. Um, and then the second thing was... Sonia. How in the world would it, it, she's standing behind a massive window? Like, why wouldn't this guy see it? Plus, the door wasn't open all the way because she was wedged behind it. It's like he had to actually kind of like move out of the way to go. It, it just seemed like he was. Uh, and it it's was not really the only time someone was sitting behind that door. Yeah, and it, it's not the only time they did this whole like 
they should see something that's like right in the room. So just like, again, nitpicky, the father going into her room later in the movie, the mouse is in there on the floor eating. And he like turns around and heads towards the door. He wouldn't see them. The giant like mouse rat that's on the ground eating food. Yeah, I did pick up on that, but I have less of a problem with that because it could he could miss it. Um, my problem with the opening scene with this, well, I didn't think it worked in this movie where I thought it did work in Malignant was because Malignant was a wacky movie from beginning to end. This movie was like, they're so meticulous and careful about every single scene because they have to make it make sense because, you know, it's a really complex character yeah. that they're trying to make work. And they did a really good job for it for the whole movie, except for this opening scene. It was just sloppy and wacky and like, I got watching. I thought I was watching like a you know a campy horror movie. I'm like, is that what they're going with this? Um, but it wasn't. So that opening scene for me didn't really fit, which um, was kind of disappointing. But it didn't really um, it didn't sour my taste for the whole movie. Yeah. No, no I, I, I mean I, I, I thought the opening was fun. Um, again, it definitely had some holes in it. The biggest one that I noticed was was obviously that first kill that you're talking about, where she smashes the dude's head against the wall. It's like, dude, why is he immediately brain dead and bleeding? profusely when this you know 55 pound woman i guess you know but anyways so my first impressions on it uh just opening up the movie was her face doesn't look like a little girl anymore you know like they did what they could with practical effects and they had the the studio had made it a point that they weren't going to use any like special effects they weren't going to use any of this like de-aging technology that they use in a lot of movies like you saw it in pirates of the caribbean with johnny depp in the most recent one where they de-aged him back to like a teenager and it actually looked pretty good but you could still tell it was a little bit off thing we talked about pirates um and then uh, but you see it in a lot of movies you saw it in like the um robert de niro movie um the oh Irishman. jesus christ please don't bring that up dude while we're on the topic of that movie the worst scene ever was the worst scene ever spoiler alert. it's not really a spoiler <laughs> but outside the flower shop when they had him like kick this guy's ass oh my god and it was just the most old man scene i've ever seen in my life like and they and they they still panned out they went from across the street to shoot it and it still just looked like, like dude at that point just just have a stunt double come in and kick this guy's ass for him i know Robert De Niro can't do that anymore it's too old anyways um <clears throat> so they made it a point not to use all this de-aging stuff they use a lot of camera tricks if you saw any of the behind the stuff, uh, behind the scenes stuff, it's actually kind of funny because a lot of the actors, uh, like Julia Stiles and everybody, they were wearing like massive platform shoes yeah. just to be way taller than her. And um, obviously, they used a kid as like a double when you're not looking at her face. So when you're looking at like her running away, or right. you know, there's a lot of scenes with her with her head not facing the camera. Clearly, they just use a little kid, but. It just it didn't it didn't work in this movie. They they did enough and, and a lot of that, camera work too. There was a lot, a lot of, of so like you would notice that when they were looking at one of the adults, the adult's head would cover the screen. So from like top to bottom, you would you would get like a close up of the adult. Mm -hmm. And anytime she was on screen, it would be like so I'm kind of mimicking it on YouTube. If you're watching the YouTube, if you're listening on the audio, it's like they would have her head like at this level while the adults yeah. were always like way up here. For those of Just, you that are listening, Rob, Rob managed to get himself down to Dave level. <laughs> I did. <laughs> It's yeah. Impressive. So it was just a lot, a lot of forced perspectives. It was impressive and disgusting doing. at the same time. Yes. So this didn't um, really bother me because I think and it might have if I watched the 2009 one and then the 2022 one right back to back, because then I would have noticed the age difference. Yeah. Um, but if you take this movie as like um, like a standalone movie, right, 
Um, it could make sense that her face looks a little bit older because of the disease that she has, um, hypopituitarism, where you just you look younger than you are, obviously. Uh, but you are looking at somebody in their 30s who just has a disease that makes them smaller. So that, for me, works. But it uh, doesn't. She's supposed to be younger. Of, yeah, I, I mean, no, they, have to, is, do it, right. they have to do what they have to do. And I'm actually glad that they brought... Uh, Isabel Furman back for this movie because I would rather that than them cast a new kid who looks like a kid. Also, the things that they were having her do as a nine or ten year old actress was kind of fucked up. Like, would not not even just the kills, but you had her in the first movie like seducing the father. Like, that's an actual nine or ten year old girl doing these scenes. It's like that's like borderline on you know it was criminal, a lot more on criminal stuff the first one yeah when you knew it very was uncomfortable because she was a child yeah and this one um because the actress is actually of age you don't really have as much of a problem with those scenes um and uh but what i what i really liked about this movie is real quick real quick because i just want to finish the things that we don't like because i think we all like this movie there was only one other thing that like caught my attention every scene that it happened i've never noticed it in a movie as much as i did this one but the actual lighting reflecting from their eyes was almost distracting, especially from Esther's eyes. Like you could always see the lighting from the shot. Like you're watching a sort of like you can kind of see in my eyes right now. You can kind of see the lighting, but I'm not filming a movie, right? I'm just lighting by space. And I could always see like the ring lights and stuff on, on her Um, eyes. It was real weird. I didn't even pick up on that. That's, That's an interesting take. It just was a real, like, it wasn't like, it wasn't, it didn't break the movie or anything, but just, just a little weird nugget of thing that I've never noticed in a movie before. Yeah. Um, one other, I don't even know if it was really a negative, just kind of an observation that I, you know, that they, the movie I thought was execute, well executed. So you could take this for what it's worth, but I thought some of the, the, the director might've played it safe with some of the kills. Um, it was less, uh. I found the first movie to be a little bit more shocking than this one all around, um, which is, like I said, you can take it for what it's worth because I, I overall I think it was a really good movie, um, but it did kind of feel like they played it safe on a few uh, a few of those scenes. Yeah, I think so. This one was was good. Um, the first one was more fucked up. We may have just lost Rob. I don't know if he's just doing that to fix this thing, but we'll continue anyways. Um, yeah, you had like the in the in the first one you had the orphan. I think she killed a nun. I think that was like the first kill in the movie and they, it kind of went right away. I, I haven't seen this movie since back in the day, so I'm trying to just go off the top of my head. But um, Same. So it, it was a lot more messed up kills. This one, she just pretty much killed who you expected her to kill. Mm-hmm. I did not expect her to kill Anna right away. I thought Anna was going to be like the main character, which was like the nurse who came in or the, the woman who came in and like right. applied for the job. You thought she was going to be like the character. I didn't even right. know Julia Stiles was in the movie. I knew nothing about this movie going into it. Um, I had just, we we had discussed it. I was like, cool. I didn't even see a trailer on it. I had seen on um, on like my Amazon Fire Stick, the home screen that they were advertising it again. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm, I'm actually down for that. And um, so, so I went into it completely blind. But as they were revealing things, I was piecing things back together. Um, like they had originally said that her her family had died in a fire um, and that's why she was an orphan in the first movie which would be this one yeah which is sequel right so uh, and obviously the way that this movie ended and obviously we'll get into the ending in a little bit um, you did have the fire 
And then I guess in one of the pictures that she had in the original orphan movie would have been of her father, which would have been um, Alan in this movie. So it's kind of, right. kind of some cool tie-ins that they made with the fire and everything. So they, they had tied him up and they also tied in the same um, asylum that she was at, at the beginning of first kill. And it was the same uh, Bible book or whatever. And that was kind of a reveal when Vera Farmiga found the name of that, uh, that asylum in the first movie. And this is the same one they tied it back in again. So a lot of things that they did tie in with the first movie and the second movie. And I thought that was, uh, that was pretty damn cool. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Um, I, I definitely knew that this was the direction they were going to go with it. You know, we were going to get, cause it was called first kill. So I knew there, there were, we're, we're going for that backstory that they, um, you know, the picture they painted in the first movie. I just didn't know how, like, how are they going to follow up that first twist from the first movie? I'm like, they can't, there's not really much they can do to shock us in this. And I was so wrong about that because the, because the twist they gave right in the middle of this movie, I just did not see coming. No, did not see it coming, which was just a crazy scene. You know, she follows the cop home and she stabs the cop in the back and he's on the ground bleeding and, uh, he Julie turns sounds. over and then just gets shot. And I'm like, you, you, at first I thought it was, um, you know, Esther that shot him. And then he just rolls over to Julia Stiles shot him. I'm like, what the fuck? Like How five times too. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, where are they going with this? And they just, uh, it was just a great twist that I didn't see coming. And they pulled it off really well too. Like they made it work and they made it make sense. And I even knew there was a twist because... Uh, a couple of the horror groups that I believe me and Dave belong to, I'm not sure if you're in them or not, Jesse, people were bringing up this movie and they weren't spoiling anything, but they sort of were spoiling things because they, you know how people go like, the movie is great. Wait till you see the twist. It's like, shut up. Don't tell me there's a twist. I wish because, you didn't tell me. Yeah. Now I'm yeah, expecting it. Yep. Yeah. So I knew something was going to happen, but that, that wasn't what I thought was going to happen. I didn't, I didn't know what to expect and it, it still caught me too. I was like, oh, I probably should have figured it out, but yeah, it what a what a twist that is. I did not I did not have any inkling that that's where it was going to go. Yeah, yeah. That, that turning point for me was like I was like not really into this movie at first because I was like, there's too many things that didn't make sense. I'm like, how does nobody in the family recognize that that's not the same girl? Like it's not mm. their daughter or their sister. Yeah, you, know? you can kind of you you got hints right away that the brother didn't believe it. And in retrospect, because of the twist, we know why. Well, no, no, no. When I was watching it, I'm like, he's he doesn't buy it. He doesn't think it's her. Like, they're outside, you know, he's having his little get-together, his little party when the parents are out. And uh, like, oh, what's it like having your daughter back? Or your, your sister back? He's like, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's like, she has an accent now. Like, it just it just seemed like he wasn't he She dresses like it. Lizzie yeah. Borden. Yeah. Like, that was a great, <laughs> great line, dude. I cracked up at that line. Oh, man. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> so obviously... Um, you know, the, like I said, like we said, these these are the spoilers. We've already spoiled everything for you. But with the with the twist was that the brother had actually already killed the little girl, and the mother had been spending years covering it up because at the point where she found the little girl, there was no saving her. She's like, "Well, why lose both of my kids? I've already lost one of them." So she dumped her body like in a well or something. Which I was so shocked that they didn't go back to at the end of the movie. I thought something was going to happen where. I thought maybe Esther was going to try to turn the father against Julia Stiles and take her to that scene and show her where the body, show the father where the body was, which would have been a really twisted scene. Um, they did it use it in another way. spot though. Like, cause I rewatched this movie a lot. I watched it twice since we were going to cover this. Mm -hmm. And there's a part where Julia Stiles is out for a run 
and I didn't pick up on it the first time, but her run is running to the well where the daughter's body oh, is. Wow. So that's where she's running to during the, like so she's so she's paying like her respects, but we have no idea because we don't we don't know that yet. So um it's kind of feels like almost like a thrown in scene or like more so like she's trying to like figure everything out, like clear her head a little bit. And then you're like, oh, w- once you see it back, because I didn't, it, uh, I didn't even put yeah, it together. Good. Yeah, I that, didn't. That's even put definitely it something that you wouldn't catch unless you watched the movie twice. That's uh, that's actually a pretty interesting point. So, yeah. Um, before we get into the ending of the movie, or if we continue on to the ratings or anything like that, I do want to ask you: Have you guys ever seen the Imposter docu- documentary on Netflix? No. Is that the mo- is that what the is documentary that, a- that this movie was based on? It definitely felt that way. It's about the like 14 year old boy or yes. whatever. So I, I didn't watch that particular documentary, but I'm well aware of the case. This documentary yes, that was is a what wild the original orphan was uh, based on. I thought this movie was more reflective of that movie than um, than the first one. Because well, this, this one right, the plot for this movie was in the first one. They took the they took yeah. this story mm-hmm. and based the first right. movie. Right. Well well here's here's why I think the imposter is more it, it more reflects this movie. Dave, did you see the the documentary? No, but I'm familiar with the uh, yeah. The so story. I would definitely check it out. So so here's why. I mean, obviously, the story is identical, right? Um, mm-hmm. This family has a, a son who went missing, and then years later, they get a call that he's in another country, and they go pick him up at the airport, or or they go over to the country to see him. They see him. He looks a little different, but and he now has an accent, and they they're like, oh my god, we're so happy that he's here and he's home. And they bring him home. It's just clearly not the dude. He's just, he's some older guy from another country who kind of looked like him. He's doing exactly what Esther did in this movie. The twist on, on the documentary is almost similar to where people surrounding them were like, there's no way that this whole family actually believes that this is him. We all know it isn't him. He got exposed pretty quickly. And they think they think that the only reason that this family could have accepted this kid in is they think they, they might have killed the, they might have killed the kid. Yeah, and it might have like, something to do with the disappearance, and they think he's buried in the backyard. And it um, might have been the older brother. I, I'm like, it's been a while, but it was like either the older brother or something like that that they think possibly killed the the younger brother, and he's no longer. And that older brother yeah. is now dead too. The exact plot of this movie. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, aside from the person that they bring over being like a serial killer because this kid wasn't. And there was another case. I don't remember the details on it, but there was another case that they had. Uh, there was a lot of evidence that they based the first movie off of, which was basically the first movie where they adopted this little girl. And all of a sudden they realized that they thought that she was an older woman. And, um, to a point where they went and legally got her birth certificate changed to uh, like 1999 instead of like 2005 or whatever. And they, they did that and they're still finding it out in court. I don't, I don't remember the, yeah, actual I, I, I actually, I've heard of that one too. Yeah. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. So I think the second one is actually the one I was thinking of. So it was the true story behind, um, orphan was the case of, uh, Barbara, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that That's name. That's the one. That's the one. It was a national news story when a 13 year old Adam, an adopted boy in Norway, went missing and it was discovered that he was actually a 33 year old Czech woman. Yes. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of tie ins with um, her actual father was like a cult leader and he had gone missing. There's like a whole lot of weird shit uh, surrounding that whole story. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go into the specific specifics because I don't have them in front of me. But but what I was saying was the imposter 
seems like the exact plot of uh, of this movie. So for people who haven't seen it, The Imposter is a wild ride. I would go check it out because yeah. they're like, like I'm it's real, I thought it's a real life story. Yeah. It's like, like how how do these people get fooled like this? And then you start to think like maybe they didn't get fooled. Maybe they're just accepting it because they're of, part uh, of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Again, I I don't. I haven't watched that particular documentary, but all the stuff I've heard on it, I can tell you to go watch the documentary because I know the case and it's just mm-hmm. it's bonkers and it really happened. Yes, 100%. So um, moving on towards the second half of the movie, um, I was, I thought it was a little lazy. Once they like decided they were going to kill her, I feel like they it, it got a little chaotic and a little sloppy towards the end, but they tied it up kind of nicely at the very end of the movie with the fire and the... Uh, when she kills uh, her, her her brother, that was um that was pretty good. Just crossbows him in the chest and then stabs him over and over again. And then you see like the it, it was it was a pretty good final scene. Um, it was they, good. So or, when um, Julia Stiles found the son, I thought that was a really good scene. She played that off well. I feel like in a lot of times in these movies, like especially slasher movies, they don't really do a good job capturing like the absolute panic and grief and horror that the other people around surrounding the kills. They don't really do a good job capturing that. I feel like Julia Stiles did a pretty good job in that scene. I thought she was pretty phenomenal the entire movie. And I'm not She's like a, a good huge, actress. Where the, what the hell happened to her? I feel like she fell she off the face of the earth since that season of Dexter. Hey, I have a question. Well, she was doing that too. Yeah. Hey, I have a question. Um, why was she trying to put Esther to sleep for that night with the with the medicine? Was she worried about her like killing her in her sleep? Is that what we think? I think they're starting to get more and more increasingly concerned with her. But I thought that was a great oh. retaliation where she's like, here, I made you a drink and the rat yeah. in the drink. Yeah, that was <laughs> so good. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was just like, is it because she thinks she's going to kill her? Because like, we're already jumping to that real quick. They had just made like that, like kind of alliance type thing. And and she hadn't shown any reason that she was going to break it yet. Right. Well, it was never based in trust. It was based in two sides that have dirt on the other side. Right. You know course. what I mean? Yeah. So there's never there's never like a comfortable. But once you once you drug somebody, that person's gonna gonna be like, all right, well the rule book's out the window at this point. So that's why I just thought it was a little bit strange, but like it wasn't. It did, it did seem to be out of nowhere. Right. So yeah, like true. that didn't it didn't like break the movie for me. Um, but yeah, the Julia Stiles was great in this movie, except some of her lines were like overly cheesy and she delivered them well but they were just like that's what it's i do i clean up writing. after my kids you know like just so some of that was stupid um her sending her son down to kill this woman that she knows is like a known killer and her whole thing is about protecting her child that seemed out of place a little bit I think it was she was more confident that her son, who was like athletic and fencing and whatnot, would have been capable enough to do this. And I think she had some last minute like, oh, shit, I don't know if I can do this. You know what I mean? She's not a killer. Right. She she just shot that guy in the back. Five bullets. And oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. So another scene that I, I thought they it was a weird setup and didn't really follow through was on the roof the father had a choice to save either esther or his wife and then his wife just fell anyways i was like why did you set that up and then just no they pulled it off they so he reached for the daughter as she fell 
Whereas I think that they're applying is if he didn't hesitate and didn't take that split second, he could have grabbed the wife. But the fact that he hesitated and then reached for the daughter instead, that was her last. She slipped and fell. So he made the choice to grab the daughter first, which you knew he was going to. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really brilliant end scene. Just like a great, like, and you saw it coming too. As he's walking over, you're like, oh shit, he thinks it's his daughter. He's going to go right for her. And the right. wife's going to die because of it. And that's exactly how it happens. Um, <clears throat> they should, I, I just thought if if they had it more clear where he actually went and like grabbed her hand first and then the wife slipped and fell, I thought I, I thought that would have been a more clear indication that he chose wrong. To me, well, it's I, like, I, sure, I he, sure, he hesitated. But like at the same time, it's like she slipped. I, I don't know. I, I thought it I thought it would have been slightly better if they had made it a little bit more clear. You like I like so I like the tension in that scene where they're bumping each other back and forth and and she's trying to yell and they're yelling over each other and he does he does have that split second of his hesitation that that made all the difference. So I think maybe I mean I guess you're right like if it was like more of a definite like he grabs the daughter first and then she falls that would have been um that would have been fine but I think I I think it's the same idea and I think they pulled it off. But this is the epitome of the problem with a prequel movie, right? Like as the even if you have that built more suspenseful you know who he's grabbing because the future events have to happen so there's a ton of tension there's like all this stuff but like in the back of your head you're like well i know she lives like whereas if this was like a one-off movie if this was the first orphan movie you wouldn't know you you would would be even more impactful so like that's so this is just my personal problem with prequel movies and it feels like I'm ripping this movie to shreds and like not giving it a ton of praise, but I did have a lot of fun watching this movie. I enjoyed it, like just based off of what it was. I thought it was. I thought it was really good. I, I I'm gonna have to go back and watch the original again, but I still think the original is probably a tiny bit better. But um, but it is hard. It is hard to pull off a prequel. It's hard to pull off a sequel, and they definitely pulled it off. It's it's definitely it's definitely gonna get a good score for me. So I, I enjoyed this one start to finish and. Uh, and I'm glad because as soon as it started to slow down a little bit, I'm like, this really just feels like the first movie again. Then they hit you with the twist right in the middle of the movie instead of the end of the movie. And that was uh, that was nice. I'm really glad when the brother was going after her and he grabbed his fencing stuff and he put the fencing helmet on that he, t- that he, he took it like, off. Focus. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, this is stupid. He would never, ever put this fencing helmet on to go chase this. And he takes it off like, oh, thank God some sensibility happened yeah. in this scene so i, I do like i do like when they add little details like that like yeah. rather than just getting a, a linear story that's just like hits all the points when you add like little details like that just like things that kind of make you stop and think and laugh for a second like tarantino's great at doing stuff like that but uh we should yeah. we should talk about the i know we want to give our scores and stuff but like we should talk about the painting aspect of this movie because I think it was really a big part of of the entire thing. They were trying to show the duality of everybody type of deal. Mm-hmm. So like the his whole painting style was to show that there's different layers that you might not see. And I think what this movie did really well is we know that, you know, Esther, I can't remember what her real character's name is uh, before she takes the name Esther. But we know that she's a psychotic, manipulative, murdering yeah, con, like, artist. Yeah. con artist, right? But yet, the whole purpose of this movie is for us to root for her, kind of. She's kind of our protagonist in this movie, which is like a real weird thing. 
um, right up until the very end where she kills like the the real like the guy that had nothing to do with anything the father but like she is the protagonist for the majority of this movie and they showed like a duality of the person like that like yes this person is terrible and irredeemable but yet we're still kind of rooting for this person so I thought that they did a real good job like layering that on with the father's painting and the you know the hidden layers and stuff like that you're right about that I didn't really think about that I also like that they like they sprinkled in the piano playing again and it's just so unnecessary for her to give that up like oh yeah and I've all of a sudden I'm an absolute master at piano like <laughs> I've, I've taught I've taught kids piano my whole life I can tell you that's not how it works <laughs> it's gonna take some time I mean I'm sure that there's some there's some uh, uh, you know like absolute phenomenal kid piano players out there but uh, I don't know if her backstory really added up with that but you know whatever well, it was, it was her, a tribute to the first movie so if her parents don't are not pianists themselves then maybe they wouldn't know that it's not likely that a child could be that good at that age but she hated arts and all of a sudden she came back as a phenomenal artist as well and instead of like questioning it they just accepted it well the father accepted it right but i think right so i didn't buy it when it was three different family members that all just like bought in i was like that doesn't make sense to me. That was one of my issues with the movie before the twist. And then I was, I'm able to, you know, forgive it. The, you know, the father still being blinded by his, uh, grief, grief and, yeah. um, and whatnot, you know, it's, that's more easy to, you know, swallow than, uh, than all three of them. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then before we move on the, the final scene where the house is burning down, the camera work in that and like this I don't know the special effects or whatever when she's just strolling through that burning house was fucking awesome. Like the visual was was amazing of just the slow motion burning and her just walking through. It was uh it was a really, really well done scene. And it uh I don't know if what it was, CGI or whatever or she, it's definitely CGI. If you but if you pay attention you can see it, but it's still some of the better CGI fire. It was really, really well that done. I've seen. Yeah. Because I hate CGI fire. Because it's just so it's usually so obvious. But it seems as though they're getting better with it. Yeah, for sure. All so, right, let's get some ratings. I'll I'll give it a four, like just a solid four. Like you should see this movie. Um, you should see the original. It's it's really fun to watch. I know I I probably nitpicked it a little too much on this review, but it came from like a place of love this time, where like I liked a lot about this movie. I I liked the twist. I liked every like all that stuff. Um, the suspense was really great in this movie, but it's a movie you should definitely watch. Yeah, for me, I'm, I'm going to go four three. It was above average. Um, I enjoyed it from start to finish. And for it being a prequel and you knowing basically how it ends, there were still enough twists in there where I, w- I was surprised at a few things. Yep. We're all on the same page. I had this at 4.2. So, um, you know, for the same reasons that you guys said and uh, the same reasons that I had said before. So definitely would recommend this and you know you get slasher prequels and sequels shouldn't be good <laughs> and this one was right so. right and that and that becomes a lot of the nitpick still right like just everything that we've ever said about prequels happens in this but they make the movie fun to watch is what i would say and you're not really and although you know how things turn out because it's a prequel you're not hamstrung by knowing all that it still allows you to have fun with the movie right exactly so definitely uh, clearly across the board we'd say go see it check it out definitely watch the first one first 
if you hadn't, we pretty much spoiled most of the first one for you already. Um, but this is uh, Orphan Final Kill, and I thought it was a good one. What are we? First uh, kill. What did I say? Final Kill? First Kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we reviewing next, gentlemen? So the next movie we are going to be reviewing is called The Privilege, and you can find that on Netflix. It's another 2022 movie, uh, which if you haven't noticed, we're trying to hit all the 2022 ones. So, or as many as possible. <clears throat> yeah. During during Halloween season, I think we're going to hit a couple more classics. I want to do that Evil Dead full review of the of the three first movies. Uh, even though we covered the first one, I still want to like hit the trilogy. Yeah. We should also probably hit Halloween. Yes. Maybe a or, couple of those. Or Trick or Treat. The best one. Trick or Treat also, yeah. They're releasing it back in theaters. I saw that. Did they change anything about it? Oh, not really back in theaters. That? Putting it in theaters for the first time, I guess. Is what oh, it was never in the theaters? No. Um, so that is like one of, I mean, spoiler alert, it's one of my favorite Halloween movies. But Yeah, it's yeah. a great Halloween movie. Yeah. Yes, so. Sounds anyway. good. All right. Um, I want to give a shout out to our patrons. So we have our two VIPs, Stephen V and Lisa J. We have a couple of new ones. Uh, Rachel B, Anthony, Angry Dave Rocks T. There you go, Dave. You finally got a positive one. Uh, Matthew T, right. Cody G, uh, Sydney B, Mark M, Papa Squatch, Mike B, Brandon W, Sarah W, Soph M, Hooper, Jake V, Stephanie A, Seth, Dave Sucks W, Captain McSlugs, and Sarah Dave's, Dave Loves Bacon R. The cult grows stronger. The cult grows much cult stronger. Grows. Yes. I got excited because I thought we got a new Stephanie, but uh, I believe it was Stephanie A who upped her patron to uh, the $10 all-access level. So thank you for upping your your level there. Now you get more stuff. Very so we cool. Have, we have um, – sorry. Uh, we updated our Patreon, and we added some more perks. We're going to be adding in a uh, live hangout with the crew. So if you guys want to, uh, we're going to do twice a month for $10 and above patrons. So you guys can hang out with us in the video chat before we go live on Tuesday nights. And then I think during October, we're going to do some more special ones as well. Hell, maybe we have a, uh, I'm just, I'm just spitballing ideas out here live, but uh, maybe we, maybe we, we, always do this. we always love when you do this. We should do, we should do a, like a horror movie hangout where we all just stream ourselves while watching the same horror movie at the same time. Yeah, that could be, be something fun. we could do with the with the patrons. We'll see if people are interested. And um, I don't know, just an idea. But yeah, you guys can uh, get in on the uh, credits and get in on the fun. Lots of fun events coming up for Spooky Season, which is upon us. And join upon us. the Discord because mm-hmm. we just added a channel for the uh, horror movie section, a little text channel there. So if you guys have recommendations and everything, you can drop it right in there. And then also kind of your own reviews on what you thought about our horror movies. So swing on over to the Discord. Links in the uh, description below. Um, For this week, though, I think that's going to do it for myself, Jesse, and Dave. We will catch you on the next Horror Movie Reviews, and stay spooky. Peace. Peace.